Thank you for tuning into the podcast of Life Church in Perry, Georgia. Hey everybody, welcome to the Life Church podcast. This is Pastor Tim McLaughlin, Senior Pastor of Life Church. And uh, if you've been following along, and I hope you have, and if you have, welcome back. We're glad that you continue to follow us. If you may just have stumbled across this, you're new or somebody shared this with you, well, welcome. Uh, I try to do a, a podcast uh, just about every week. Um, usually what I'm doing a podcast on for the week that comes out Thursday morning is uh, what I teach on to our church on Wednesday nights. And I've been doing since uh, March, we've been doing a an expository teaching on the book of Romans. We've been going down verse by verse by verse. We finished up Romans chapter 11 last week. Uh, we're going to get into Romans chapter 12, but not today. Uh, tonight, as I'm recording this podcast, as a matter of fact, we're going to be doing a tailgate party right here at Life Church in uh, in the field next to the church and hopefully you got the news maybe if you're in the area you were able to come out and join us uh, but if not you're going to get to listen to what I'm going to be teaching on uh, to our congregation this evening and then next week is uh, we're not going to have any church next Wednesday night because next Thursday is Thanksgiving and we want to spend time with our family and give thanks for all that God has blessed us with. So, all that being said, let's move into today's message, and I call this Foundation Shaker. And so if you have your Bibles, go with me to Acts chapter 16, beginning in verse 25. Acts chapter 16, beginning in verse number 25. says, But at midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly... There was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosened. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas, And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then he spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. Father, be with me as I get ready to teach this word. And I pray for those that are listening to have ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to them today. And Father, we give you the praise for it because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas received the call from the Holy Spirit in a vision to go to the region of Macedonia. So on their way to Macedonia, they land in a place called Troas, and they made their way through from Troas through Samothrace, through Neopolis, and then into Philippi. Once in Philippi, there's a a demon-possessed girl, and you can go back and read all this in your Bible in Acts chapter 16. There's a demon-possessed girl that begins to follow Paul and Silas, begins to uh, just just pretty much, she's, she's hollering out things as she's following them, becomes an irritant to the Apostle Paul. And Paul turns around and and rebukes this young lady. Um, this is really not part of the the message, but uh, but but it helps me to get you to the place we're going. Verse seventeen says, "The girl followed Paul and us 
Now, this is Luke writing in Acts. It says, The girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And so you would think, well, that's a good thing. But what she's doing is she's demon-possessed and she's, she's saying all this almost like a ridicule. So we read it like, well, she's walking behind them going, hey, these guys are proclaiming the way of salvation. Really what she's doing is she's mocking them. Like, like what they're saying and, and trying to get the people around. So as Paul and Silas are preaching, she's trying to mock them not to, not to, for the people not to listen to them. My, one of my first questions that I would have to ask you is this. Are you doing enough for the kingdom of God that the devil will send someone demon-possessed to call you out and irritate you? See, not only did she call them out, but while possessed, she also had to tell the truth. They were telling people about the Most High God and the way of salvation. See, we should operate in enough of an anointing to have demons want to irritate us because of the anointing upon us. So much to the fact that they even speak the truth. Listen, I've been around, I've been doing ministry now for over 20 years. I've seen demon possessed. I've cast out many of demons. Uh, I'm telling you, you better be ready uh, when, when a demon comes. This young lady would have been following Paul and She was declaring these things. She was being an aggravation to them. And, and because of the power and the anointing of God upon their lives, Paul quickly just turned around and rebuked her. And the Bible says, and immediately the demon had to flee. We need, to, we need to be walking in such an anointing. We need to be walking in such a way, declaring the good news in our job, in our families, in everything that we do, that, that demon-possessed people begin to show up and, and flock to us and, and begin to declare the truth about the way of salvation. You know, I think about people like uh, Car Carlos Anacondia down in South America, down in Colombia. He, he goes and every time he can just walk into a place and demons begin to manifest because of the anointing upon his life. I think about other people like Smith Wigglesworth that, that, that de demonized people would come to him and, 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 and say things to him and he would quickly rebuke them. Lester Summerall is another one that, that, that just talked about demonology. And we get this from our Lord Jesus Christ himself because when the Lord Jesus Christ, we see this many times, but one time in particular where he, he pulls up, he's in a boat and they pull up into the land of the Gadareans and there was a man that was so demon possessed, he called himself legions because he had so many demons demons, that when Jesus pulled on the land, this man that nobody else could contain, this man that could not keep his clothes on, this man that would break chains, this man that was living in a cave in the cemetery, came running to Jesus. Listen, we need to desire to walk in such an anointing that demon, demonized people come looking for us. Let's get back to where I'm going. So because Paul and Silas cast the devil out of this girl and got thrown into the Philippian jail, understand this was not the hotel, uh, Houston County uh, uh, jail or anything. This was, this was a place uh, uh, that was, it was a disgusting place. It was an inner prison. Uh, it was probably underground. It would have been a place that did not have electricity or running water, so it was dark. 
Uh, it would have had bugs and rodents infesting it. Uh, the, there was no ventilation. People would have been uh, defecating, using the bathroom on themselves because there was no place. They were in stocks. They were in chains. They could not move. They just had to sit there as critters uh, begin to, to, mice begin to chew on their feet. Bugs begin to eat their infections. Listen, it was a disgusting place. I don't know if you've ever been in jail, but you've never been in a jail like Paul and Silas were in. Now that I've got you nauseous, let's get to the heart of the matter. If you are born again, if God has called you, if He's commissioned you, if He has anointed you, if you have a purpose for God, Jeremiah chapter 1, 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born, and I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet to the nations. God knew you before you were born, and God knows you now. He desires that none should perish and that all should come to repentance. He formed you, He sanctified you, and He ordained you. The word ordained does not mean that we all have to be ordained ministers and have some type of credentials from the assemblies of God or some other denomination, but the word means to bestow, to place upon. God has placed upon everyone that He has called, uh, everyone that is called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God has placed upon them an unction to serve the kingdom of God, to tell others the good news, to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. So as Paul and Silas were called to Macedonia, you have been called to your family, to your friends, to your workplace, to this church or to another, maybe if you're visiting or maybe if you're listening to this podcast to another church or maybe to a foreign mission field. Whatever the calling, God has already placed it in you to go. I think real quickly as I'm just sitting here teaching this, this is not in my notes, this just came to my mind. We've got a dear friend. She's like a, a sister in Christ to me. This young lady was bound by addiction. Uh, her, her family helped her get into a Teen Challenge program in Ohio. From Ohio, she went to Michigan uh, into another Teen Challenge program. She graduated that Teen Challenge program. She was doing an internship. She needed to find a job. Somebody reached out to us when we were in Tennessee. We hired her, brought her to Tennessee. She came to Tennessee as an intern. She made her way up to uh, to uh, a house uh, director where she was over the whole house of the ladies. From there, she became our intake director. From there, she became our program director. So she was second in command to me as the executive director. She served us for five years and did an excellent job. When God called us away from that ministry and called us here to Perry, she, she stayed there and continued to run that ministry for about a year. And then the Lord released her from there. She didn't know what she was going to do. She has been t uh, talking to my wife and I, texting us, emailing us. We've had several conversations. God has now opened a door for her to go to Phoenix, Arizona, where she will serve the executive director out there as his personal assistant. God has ordained her. God has called her. God has made a way for her. She has been faithful in the little things and God has blessed her with much. My question to you is what is it that you're doing that causes demons to want to seek you out and causes other people to want to throw you in jail for preaching the truth? Jesus said in Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 
Jesus did not specify as a specific people to go. He called all of us to go. It's not just for those that are, feel like they're called to be preachers. It's not just for those that are called to, to be directors of Christian programs. He has called every born-again believer to go and to tell others about Him. The place we are called may be different, but the reason that we go is the same. Paul and Silas were called to go and they went. If you want to know if you are in the right place doing the right thing for God, check behind you and see what kind of adversity, what kind of annoying demon is trying to hinder you. If you want to know if you're in the right place, look around and see what's coming against you. If everything is going easy in your life, if there's no problems and no one's attacking you, you need to ask yourself, am I doing anything for the kingdom of God that is bearing fruit? Many get saved, many get filled, many get freed. And then the first thing they do is they, they stop at the first sign of conflict. Jesus told us in John 15, 18, that we will all be hated because he was hated. But then he goes on and he tells us in John 15, verse 26 through 27, but when the helper comes whom I shall send, uh, send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth will proceed from the Father. He will testify of me and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Paul and Silas were filled with the Holy Spirit, called to Macedonia by God to proclaim the good news, attacked by the enemy and thrown into prison. And that's where most Christians would stop. But this should be our example and our calling and should do something inside of us that should shake some things inside of us to make us to want to do what Paul and Silas did. Number one, you need to understand that Paul and Silas didn't complain. Let me just say it again. Paul and Silas were sitting in a prison. They were sitting in a cave underground. They were sitting in a place that stunk. They were sitting in a place that was dark. They were sitting in a place where bugs were, 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 were getting into their infected wounds. They were sitting in a place where people were going to the bathroom and they did not complain. Some of us do nothing but complain. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too wet. It's too dry. The music's too loud. The service is too long. The chairs were too close. The preacher was too obnoxious. We have made it, yet we complain. But the Bible says in verse 25, but at midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were all listening to them. The word praying here in the Greek means that they did not start praying, but had been praying. They began praying and asking God to use them, and He did. Some of us pray and ask God to use us, but then we want to give Him instructions on how He should use us. Paul prayed to go to Asia, and God was opening the door. Do you think that Paul would go back and say, this is not what I meant, Lord? No, no, no. Paul did not complain. Instead, him and Silas were rejoicing at the opportunity to be a living sacrifice for the Lord. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. The Apostle Paul would have likely been in the Philippian jail in somewhere around A.D. 49. And he would have written this letter to the Romans around A.D. 57. I believe he knew a little bit about presenting his body as a living sacrifice. Some of you heard what I just said and you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute. There was eight years between the time that Paul was in the Philippian jail and he wrote the letter to the church at Rome. And yes, let me just tell you, Paul suffered much. He gives us an account of his suffering in 2 Corinthians where he talks about how many times 
times he was beaten, how many times he was shipwrecked, how many times he was left by his even his closest friends. And yet Paul declares to them, I beseech you therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, to present your body as a sacrifice acceptable to God. Look at Acts chapter 4. Peter and John were arrested for preaching Jesus. They were threatened and beaten. And yet the Bible says that in Acts chapter 4, 19 through 20, it says, Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God you judge. Listen to this, verse 20. For we cannot but speak the things which we have been seen, which we have seen and heard. Listen. They threatened Peter and John. They told them, don't you dare preach this Jesus anymore. We're even going to whip you and inflict some pain on you to tell you what's going to happen if you do it again. And they rejoiced and said, listen, you can beat us all you want, but we cannot help but speak on the things that we have seen and heard. Listen, I come here tonight standing out here to tell people about Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I have been through much. I've been afflicted by much. I don't care what everybody else is going through. Let me just tell you, God has brought me out of a dark place. And I'm going to tell people about Him. Many in the church don't speak about God outside of the church house. Just imagine how much more silent they would be if, they, if their lives were threatened. I'm telling you, that day is coming soon. Quit complaining about your circumstance and start praying for your circumstance to be used by God as a witness to others. The Bible says that they begin to sing hymns to God. James chapter 1 verse 2 and 3 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. James says, count it all joy. Sing praise to God in the midst of your trials. James said it produces Listen, when you're in a trial, when things aren't going your way, that's the perfect time to lift your hands and rejoice and give praise to God. When it seems like everybody's against you and everybody's talking about you and the doctor gives you a bad report and the banker gives you a bad report and it looks like all hell is breaking loose around you, throw your hands in the air and begin to praise God. It produces. Acts 16.25 says that the, all the prisoners sitting around Paul and Silas, they're looking at Paul and Silas. They could barely see them, but they remember what it looked like when they opened that door and they walked them in. How they had uh, these marks on their back where they had been beaten. They had blood coming, coming down their, their, their back and, 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 and they were shackled and they were chained just like all these other men. And I could just imagine what these men were thinking. Oh, here come two more to, to take up more space and to cause more stink in this place. But as Paul and Silas sat there in the dark and, and as everybody else was grumbling, complaining and, and screaming and hollering and starving, it says that, that, that Paul and Silas began to sing praise to God. The prisoners began to listen to them. There are people that are worse off than you because they don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. There are people that are worse off than you because they don't know Jesus as their healer. They don't know Him as their deliverer, provider, or, or friend. Listen, if you're born again, you know Jesus. Why are you not telling others about Him? When we pray and sing praise to God instead of complaining and whining, people who are bound will take notice of what you have. Quit complaining. Number two, the Bible says, or the, the, my point is, they were not selfish. Number one, they didn't complain. Number two, they were not selfish. Another problem with so many in the church is that they are concerned for self only. 
I've heard people say that they left this church or that church because they were not being fed. Listen, let me just tell you, that sign out there at the road says Life Church. It doesn't say Golden Corral. I'm your pastor. I ain't your mama. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Listen, why are we called pastors? Pastors come after uh, is from the word shepherd. Jesus was a great shepherd. What does a shepherd do? A shepherd leads his sheep to a place where there's grass. The shepherd does not eat the grass for them. The shepherd does not push their head down to the grass. The shepherd will lead them to streams. The shepherd does not force their head into the water to make them drink. Listen, we're preaching the good news of Jesus Christ we've created an environment where we worship God and we preach the truth if you're not coming in here and taking notes if you're not reading your Bible through the week if you're not spending time with God in prayer by yourself I can't do it for you how can we exhort one another when we're, we're, people are jumping ship all the time because they're not getting enough attention people are getting upset and leaving the church of God uh, that God called them to because you didn't get your way and you wonder why sinners won't go to church they look at how church people act and they figure hey we can do that out in society I don't need to go to church to act like that I'm already acting like that Paul and Silas were in jail they were in bonds they were uh, sitting in somebody else's waist yet because of their prayers and singing to God the place was shaken and the gates were opened Acts chapter 16, 26 says, Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened. Paul and Silas's chains were loosened, and their cell door opened, and they got out of there and left everyone else behind. No, that's not what it says. That's not what it says. They didn't get up and leave everybody else just because their chains fell off. No, this is what it says. It says that when they were sitting there and it began to shake, not only were Paul and Silas's chains loosened, everybody was listening to them praise God everybody was listening to them pray and when the chain when God began to move and shake the foundation not only did God set Paul and Silas free he set everyone that was around them free because of their obedience not only did they get out of get their freedom but all those around them got their freedom church when we understand that we are here for a purpose to pray and to praise and not for self and not only with it what we get but that what we can do for others around us there are people sitting around us that want to get saved. They want to get healed. They want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. They want to be delivered from their substance abuse. But they're watching you. What are they watching? What are they hearing? Are you on your phone? Are you constantly looking at your, your clock? Are you more worried about the scores? Are you doodling instead of taking notes? Are you worried about self instead of worried about others? Acts chapter 4 verse 31 says that after Peter and John were released, they went to, to Sonic and said, man, I won't do that again. No, no, no. That's not what they said. Acts chapter 4 verse 31 says that when they had prayed, the place that they were assembled was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Because they were not selfish, they went back to the church and prayed and praised God and a whole house was shaken and all were filled with the Holy Spirit. Because Paul and Silas were not selfish, all were loosed. Listen to what Paul says when he wrote his letter to the Philippians. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. 
Listen, God delivered me from substance abuse in 1998. God called me out. And all I've wanted to do ever since then is tell people about my God. To tell people how they too can be free. God may, not, God may have saved you years ago. God may have healed you years ago. God may have filled you with the Holy Ghost years ago. But now He wants you to be a, a support section. He wants you to be a cheering section for those around you that they too can be loosed. As I said earlier, I have heard people that say that they left the church because they weren't getting fed. That's selfish. But I've never heard anyone say that they left the church because people were getting saved, healed, and delivered. Stick around and let God use you. Number one, don't complain. Number two, quit being selfish. Number three, they were faithful. Paul and Silas were faithful. The definition of faithful is loyal, constant, and steadfast. True to the facts of origin. The Bible says in Acts chapter 16, verse 27 through 28, it says, And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep, seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. <laughs> Paul and Silas could have ran, but they were steadfast. They were more concerned about the jailer than they were about their freedom. Jesus said in John chapter 11 that he would return to Judea and to the disciples uh, question him, questioning his reasoning because the Jews wanted him dead. But Jesus insisted that he was going to go back. Look what Thomas said. Thomas gets a bad rap. But look what Thomas says. John chapter 11 verse 16. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Jesus says, listen, I need to go back to town. I need to go back there. My friend is dead and God has called me to raise him back to life. And his disciples said, but Lord, if you go back, they might kill you. He said, I didn't come for my life. I came for your life. I'm going back into the town. Thomas said, if he's going to go, we'll go with him. If he's going to die, we'll die with him. Paul and Silas stayed true to the word. They stayed true to their calling. They knew that they could die if they stayed in jail, but they also knew that if they left, another would also die. God is asking you to be faithful. Because of their faithfulness, the jailer and his family were saved. Acts chapter 16, verse 30 through 31 says, And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Ministry is difficult. Ministry is not about us. This church is not about me. It's all about God. And it's what God wants to, uh, to do in our lives to reach others. Our ministry is not just uh, for the people that go to this church. Our ministry is to reach those in our community, those in our state, those in our country, and those outside of this country. Luke 16.10 says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Because Paul and Silas were faithful to the jailer, God blessed them with nations. Because you are faithful to, to, to this church, God will use you to shake some foundations. It would be easy to complain when things don't go your way. It would be easy to only think of self when things get uncomfortable or hard. It would be easy to turn and run when the doors are opened. But we are called to be foundation shakers. To be a foundation shaker, we need to pray and praise because others are listening. Foundation shakers understand it's about the lost and not about self. Foundation shakers are faithful because they live and they depend on God. 
Are you a faithful shaker? If not, do you want to be? God does not want unfaithful, selfish complainers that are going to run at the first sight of trials. But He is looking for the foundation shakers to offer up a prayer and a praise. To dig in and to care more about others than self. To be faithful in the little things because they lead to bigger things. This church needs you. As your pastor, I need you. The lost needs you. God has called you. And it's time for us to rise up and to shake some foundations. Father, I thank you again for the opportunity to preach this word. And I pray that it stirs someone, Lord God, to use their gifts and callings for the glory of your kingdom. Father, we thank you for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Life Church in Perry, Georgia. If you don't have a home church, we'd love for you to visit us here at Life Church 100 Todd Road in Perry, Georgia.